This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. My name is Carissa, and I'm a second year in the product design program here at Stanford. David H. Liu was a member of our program in the mid-1990s when he tragically passed away. He's remembered as a talented designer, and his loss is still felt in the design community. His family generously sponsors this lecture series, and we're offering David, honoring David tonight with a special lecture from Rich Silverstein. Rich is the co-founder and co-chairman of Goodby Silverstein & Partners, uh, an ad agency in San Francisco. They've been around for 23 years and one of the most honored ad agencies in the world. Uh, most recently, they've been uh, awarded Ad Agency of the Year by both Creativity, Ad Week, pretty much every ad, ad award you can get, they win it, and every the best ad, ads that you've ever seen are all from there. Well, that's firm. Not true, but it's very nice. And we'll see, we'll see a lot of them tonight. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Rich. Thank you. Hello. Now I'm nervous. I was promised 100 people, and I don't see 100 people. So I'm not going to talk. <laughs> I, don't want to in, I, I don't want to bore you. I hate talks that are uh, tedious and slides that go up and you read them and then the person reads them back to you. So that won't happen. And let's try to get through this in an hour uh, with, with myself showing a lot of the work and talking. You may interrupt me at any time and talk and I'd like to leave some room for, for you guys to ask questions. All right, so the first slide. Hashem, where are you? So Hashem is my right hand. He's head of technology in the company. Younger than me and understands technology. I really don't. I understand emotion and this whole Discussion will be about emotion. Emotion is timeless. It can be done. It was in the beginning of the, uh, you know, uh, Neanderthals probably had emotion, and we still have emotion today. I don't care about technology. I love it, but it's not about that. It's about the idea. It's about how humans interact with other humans, and mostly cats and dogs. Um, I could get into my cat. I love my cat, Ernie. I don't have any pictures of Ernie, but. He centers me, and I have two children who are fully grown, and they're your age, and they actually went through design schools, and they're grown-ups now. Um, so let's put my wall. So one of the walls in my office is not that. There. We didn't practice. <laughs> is this. I love industrial design. I love speed. I'm a cyclist. I used to race cars. I love cars. I love bikes. I love images. I love buildings. I love typography. I love the goofiness of the space race. I, 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 I wish I could have been a designer, industrial designer, but that's not what I became. So I started off as a graphic designer, went into advertising, and now you know, I like to say that we just do a lot of things that touch people. So Hashem finds this quote the other day. I couldn't believe it. That's your cue. There's a, there's a quote. Set, well, you t say something about this. This was found on a blog that had like nothing to do with advertising and they're trying to say it, that, that what's old is, is kind of new and uh, it, it was very interesting because he was saying you read it and you think it's being said today but he closes it by saying sometimes people are sublime in how they deal with it and sometimes they're really pathetic with it. And what's changed? 1759 nothing's changed. We either do something well or we do something shitty. Uh, oh that, we can't say that. That's right. It's being <laughs> no but it's true and it's all about God is in the details. It's all about integrity, it's all about truth. So 
that's what we're about. And so let's go on. I'm going to show, it's going to be a very eclectic. I'm going to show you some stuff we did a long time ago that's still relevant today. And then I'm going to talk about something I did at Zeitgeist. And then uh, so show you the new world that we live in. So the first spot, very quickly, we got very famous with Got Milk. All right, well, the very, I know process is very important. So the process here is how do you advertise milk? Who cares about milk? There's air, water, milk. I mean, it's just something around. You don't think about it. Well, if someone puts your hand over your mouth, you really are going to think about air. If you're going to take some milk, and then you, you, you well, you don't take the milk yet. You take the bowl, you put the cereal in, you cut the bananas, you get the spoon, you sit down, you get the milk, and there's nothing. Milk matters. And that's it. That's a simple idea. Got milk? Ah, that's it. It's simple. It's not a 100-yard dash. Milk does a body good. So this is the first spot we did in the whole campaign. And that was the Vienna Wood Dance in D, one of my all-time favorites. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. Got milk. That became a brand. I mean, you see a lot of bad advertising out there with got milk with a mustache and white moss. We, this was so successful, and this is the North, this is the California milk processors. They sold it to the dairy of, of the, in the, the National Dairy Board, which decided that they would put a milk mustache and everything and call it got milk. Well, that's have milk. Doesn't work for me, but <laughs> right? They had the milk. Duh. Okay. The next one is a company that's bankrupt, but it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> they left us long ago, but. We needed, um, there was a time in the 1990s where it was all bets were off. You could, you could invest in, you could throw a fishing line uh, and, and make money. And investing was very, the individual could invest. No longer did you need big brokerage. Um, this company um, wanted, made their entire brand the Super Bowl. I mean, we did a lot of other advertising, but they wanted to own the Super Bowl. And I was never a Super Bowl fanatic uh, because it's so much money and there's so much intensity to this one commercial. But it won me over because, you know, if you do it right, a gazillion people see it. So this is a spot that ran in relationship to the Super Bowl. I'll explain that in a minute. Place to invest online. You 
know, it's still funny today. And I was, I was assured that that one guy going like that was not retarded. I said, there's no way you're going to put that guy in there. And they said, he's not. He's just acting. Later on, I found that he was. So I know it, but I had nothing to do with that. I was really upset. But, uh, well, he wasn't. I know. He was simple. I don't know. But the point I wanted to make, it's, there's an insight here, which is um, it costs a lot of money to be on the Super Bowl. So popular culture is very important to us, very important to a client, very important to be in popular culture or to make popular culture. Um, certain products get to do that. I think Apple is popular culture. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, some of our clients like Saturn isn't popular culture. But let me show you the next spot, which is about Saturn. But it's a truth about the, the way that Saturn treats the humanity of person. You go there, you don't haggle, they treat you with respect. Uh, that's what they got. They didn't have a car for 15 years, but they're now getting them. I, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs>
So <laughs> as simple as a dog can use it. Um, okay. Uh, uh, this uh, we've done. We've been HP's client for an extremely long time, and really Stanford wouldn't exist, and HP wouldn't exist if there wasn't this synergy together. They they go back a long way. Oh, stop laughing. That's not funny. <laughs> There's some money involved there. You got to be happy. Some of those arches that were built here. I don't. I think Bill had something to do with it. Um, uh, okay, well, you made me late. Uh, I lost my friend. Okay, okay. Um, how do you take something that you don't find interesting? Printing. I mean, ugly boxes. Now, if you guys ever graduate, please design a really good printer that looks good. Chintzy crap. But, uh, <laughs> oh boy, no one from HP series. Um, but this is a truth when you can play with manipulation of pictures and all, and the joy of getting something printed that you like. Digital photography. Click, print, invent. So it really was the joy of what you just saw. And the amazing thing with special effects these days, you can do amazing things. That was the director. He's this uh, French guy, French guy, he's a Frenchman, who happened to have some art films and we saw what he could do. We asked him to do this. He had never done a commercial before. And then we asked him to star in it. So, um, all right, this is the truth about a group of people who are hated, and what if we could turn that hatred on its head and show you the problems they have? All, all I want to do, all we want to do, is just, just run, man. Just run. Some people swim, some people ride bikes. We choose to run. That's just who we are. You crazy people! I don't get it. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Most people, you know, they, they, they just don't get it. They don't understand it. And if they did, maybe they'd respect it a little bit more. We're regular guys. As soon as we do this, we're criminals. You have to do that here? Yeah, there should be laws to protect us from these people. Oh, I used to run, you know. When I was eight! Who that lady? Well, we get a lot of stares, we get a lot of smirks. People are unpleasant and rude. And uh, we hear what they're saying. You know, we're not deaf. Yeah, there's runners everywhere. Good runners, too. And they all go through the same thing. Runners aren't criminals. <laughs> Running's not a crime. I mean, I want to run. I want to run. I just want to run. So just turning the problem around because you hate these people on the street with the furniture. And all of no, never mind. Um, that's the old agency. We were known for the 30 to 60 second commercial. I still love them, it's sad. But the world isn't just about the commercial anymore. I still believe that the commercial reaches a gazillion people in one viewing, and the internet does not, but we're getting there. So uh, I, there's three parts to this. That was the old agency. Now I wanna just very quickly show you uh, seven and a half minutes of film that I did at Zeitgeist two months ago or a month ago. And the point was, uh, here are all these people there to find out about the, the holy grail of how the internet works and what are the secret things. And I basically said, it's crap. But 
it was really trying to make a point. There's no emotion on the internet yet. There's none, not really. Uh, a banner that moves, we do those. They're not emotional. And that every piece of new technology has taken its while to get to its zenith. So radio took a while, TV took a while, films took a while, the internet will take a while. And I decided to show six perfect scenes of different pieces of technology. And only one, the last one, is the internet. And it'll blow you away. But it's the only one I could find. So let's play that. Six perfect scenes. On the St. Louis team, we have that. I thought you were absolutely fantastic. That's amazing. And that's what I want to do. I want to touch people. I want, them to make, I want them to laugh. I want them to cry. doesn't matter. I want to touch them. And it's about emotion. So that was not created for the internet. But no one would have seen that outside of England. And that's gone all over the world. And that's the power of the internet. And I would like to get the internet to that point. Uh, and that's an amazingly special thing. I'm, all, I'm choked up myself every time I see it. I can't believe it. Um, well, we're not there yet. So let's show you what we're doing. <laughs> um, all right, so the world isn't just about commercials. The world isn't just about the internet. But all the handcuffs are off. It's not about 30 seconds or 60 seconds. It's about ideas. And they can translate into different worlds. Uh, I think it's the first one, the milk, or not? Google. Oh, OK. So we started a relationship with Google where they, they said to us, we're engineers. We got all this stuff. We don't, know what to do. we, don't, we don't know what to do with it. You're the emotional company. Can we work together? And they gave, so we, in, we interviewed them, all the work they, all the products they have. And then we took seven of our clients, and we kind of assigned a piece of technology to each one. And this one was the first one, and I actually think it's the most successful. And really, it is about, uh, you've heard a thing about six degrees of separation, that everybody is connected by six people. And now I think everyone's connected by one. one. And so with Google, we're go we, we were going to show how we might advertise a car. So, let's, so what you would see is um, you'd go to a car website, doesn't matter what it was, and you would have a static. This was the first time Google was running video ads on websites, right? So they have run text ads, and they then moved to video. And so they came to us at that time and said, instead of just recycling television spots, what can we create that we can run for our clients on their network? So you'd be on like an auto blog or, or a car site like this, you'd see and, a video ad. And the, uh, yeah, just put that one up, and then we'll, oh, oh it, anyway, it was a static that you had to hit. I'm just going to say that I don't love that, but that's the technology, right? That it was click to play. Okay. It came from Google's point of view that the user should be first, and they should choose to, to watch an ad. 
And that was an interesting challenge for us because we'd always sort of push messages out and force people to watch them. Yeah. So for us, we thought, what can we make that's going to be interesting enough that someone wants to click on it? All right. Play the sucker. So you would click the right-hand ad, take that $250 test drive, and it would know who you were. It would know your computer and where you live. Uh, so far, you've seen this, but no one has ever gone right there and gone in the door. And we did that to every dealership. Welcome to Saturn. My name is Steve Bowman. I'm the general manager of Saturn of Arlington here in Arlington, Texas. And a bad actor. You to take a look at the all-new Aura midsize sedan. So you can't get better than that. I mean, it's not a great commercial. It's a great piece of technology. That we talked, we took you there, and then the dealer said, "You want to test drive? You want me to drive it to your house?" So you probably knew where your house was too, <laughs> and how much you made. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you could afford the Saturn. Um, okay, H HP, we 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 hit on this idea. Okay, truth process. How do you advertise a PC? Okay, uh, Dell was kicking their ass, and uh, what what you do is you call Dell up, and they would make the computer for you. And it became a commodity. This amazing piece of metal inside was a commodity. And it was called the PC. What's a PC? I, I don't know. It's kind of like an abbreviation in the army or something. It's a personal computer. It's yours. It's more personal than your wallet. It is your life. If you can get access, that's your autobiography. It's you. And we just looked at that insight. And we said, you know what? Let's, let's turn it back and say, you know what? It's not a PC. The computer is personal again. It's yours. And we decided on this idea of not really showing the face, but showing the person and what was in it, in their computer. And celebrities help. I, I, I got it. My computer knows everything I am and everything I want to be. Here's my photo gallery. Dad took these. Almost like he knew something. I track my competition online. See who's got game and who doesn't. <laughs> Goodbye. Before match, I listened to Andre. So good. <laughs> Here's what they tell me I'm gonna look like in my new video game. Yeah, there it is. When <laughs> <laughs> you think of this new design I'm working on with Mike, mm, I like that. I do a little acting too, so I'm always studying movies. <laughs> You've gotta check out this one. And I'm always collecting inspiration from online. It's called a dare, but it's designed by Serena. HP Notebooks. The computer is personal. So these are one big advertisements for everybody. It's a total co-op. They're selling the shit out of everything they have, and we don't care. And then this is a new one that we just did. Well, if I'm going to do one of those HP computer hand commercial things, i got to be impressive. Here's my newly designed basketball stadium. <laughs> this is more me. I'm always looking for new places. This place looks cool. I don't think I feel comfortable there. Oh, sorry. I did a TV show about New York, and now I've made a movie that takes place in New York, except in this, I'm a bank. I can't believe I'm out. Hang on, the message from the wife. Oh, it's a manuscript for her new cookbook that gets kids eating better without them knowing it. There's carrots in there, you know. 
She's a genius. Ow! Oops, sorry again. Can I have a moment to myself so I can follow the game with my baseball gadget? Oh, and you're out of there! Oh, message from DreamWorks. Don't forget two B-movie mentions in HP Spot. Fine. <laughs> you know what? This is a business lunch. The HP Pavilion Entertainment Notebook with Windows Vista Home Premium. The computer is personal. So there's a lot of work going on in that ad. I mean, <laughs> <they're> sell <laughs> he's selling his wife's book, his movie. We happy to, happy to get the guy. Uh, it's, a funny, it's a funny give and take. In the old days, you couldn't, the old days, um, you couldn't advertise two products in one commercial because the network said, well, we want double the money. But that's somehow changed. I don't know how it, how it did. Um, so we have this client, Sprint, and Sprint, there was Sprint, and then there was Nextel. Nextel was pushed to talk, you know, beep, beep, and it was contractors, and, and there was Sprint. Uh, they merged, and it's, it's been rather uh, rough, rocky road. Uh, and they were all about an aesthetic of a total yellow with black type. And it, that's it. I mean, their whole idea. They had no idea. And we found out that if you, that they were faster than the other networks and that their, their card, that the, um, the broadband card, is five times faster than AT&T. And, and they, had, they were going into Wi-Fi and, uh, I mean, WiMAX. And that they were faster networks, so we played on speed. All right, there's the truth. You know, what's the idea? Uh, we didn't do drop calls. We didn't want to do what the other people were doing. We wanted to celebrate speed. How are we going to celebrate speed? You can't see speed. You can't see technology. We decided that we... Your balance is off. Yeah, a little off. Um, that light was beautiful. Light was the speed of light. And why can't we use light as a metaphor? Why can't light be joyful? And we had this thought. We saw this, this group called Pika Pika in Japan where play, they play with light. Everything is done really by re, uh, uh, real stop action. Every frame is shot. And we loved it so much. It was so handmade. We wanted to see if we could do something like that. So this is a consumer spot, and then there's a business spot. Let's just play those two. It's hmm. thinking. Think back to when you were a child. What did you dream of as you fell asleep? Space travel? Would you go back in time? Or maybe you dreamed of a magic screen you could carry in your pocket. A screen that entertained you whenever you wanted. It held your favorite music, pictures, and stories. And helped you find your way home. A screen that brought all of this to you, wherever you were, at the speed of light. That was your dream. And magically, it all came true. So that's just thousands of still shots. There's no live action there at all. And then just to, to counter that was how we were going to deal with the business world. <laughs> it was a dance of the pie charts.
This goes out to all the achievers across this unpredictable little economy of ours. Everyone who's we'll figured out the, that you've got to be pretty fast to stay ahead. The next People one will care of business at the speed of light. Keep up the beautiful work. So, it's a very simple idea. Sprint ahead is the, is the theme line. The special sauce is sprint speed. We, we talk about, well, I didn't talk much about that, but I can't talk about everything. Uh, we're experimenting. This is a work in progress. You only see pieces. This is like the tease, no one's seen this. But uh, push to talk is the, um, the Nextel product, which is the beep beep, right? And um, this is a spot that we're working on right now where all the creatures are going to be woken up by these fireflies of the push to talk, and all the infrastructure of the city wakes up with it. So you're going to go in. Not drawn yet. It's going to be a mommy and a baby here. It's not drawn. One button brings the That's going to be kind of a rabbit. And there's going to be all kinds of creatures going around. But the idea is just play with the light and, and, and have some joy. Mostly cell phone companies are rather stiff. This is um, uh, a, a trio. No, it's a BlackBerry. It's a world, BlackBerry world phone. And we decided they had no money to run it on TV. Let's make it a whole internet idea. And, um, and everyone was selling, all three companies were selling the BlackBerry. How can we make it more interesting? And because it was the world phone, we thought, well, there's something in that. So this is an info commercial. Do you control a large percentage of the world's natural resources? Are there extremely tall buildings honoring your good name? Do you like to travel? on your airline. <laughs> Are you a billionaire? Introducing an exciting offer for the 100 wealthiest people on planet Earth. The first $10.5 million cell phone. The BlackBerry 8830 World Edition smartphone from Sprint. This is the same phone preferred by CEOs, innovators, and influential heads of state. Designed for people who want to control the world. Maybe that's because it has state-of-the-art features, such as a multi-function web browser, an internal global positioning system, voice-activated dialogue, White House, the Queen, pizza, a multi-platform audio and video player, and so much more. But we won't bother you with the details. It's powerful and fast. That's all you need to know. For a limited time, buy a BlackBerry 8830 World Edition smartphone for $10.5 million, and we'll throw in your very own private island. <laughs> By itself, this extraordinary device is only $199.99 with $100 mail-in rebate, but the peace and serenity that a private island can offer. That's all real legal we had to do. Think about it. $10.5 million. Now, that may not sound like a lot. We think you'll find controlling the world with this smartphone from your very own private island, worth even more than the price tag. The BlackBerry 8830 World Edition smartphone from Sprint, rated for Sprint Speed, available for $199.99. Island offer available for a limited time. Act now. 
So we did a whole website and and um, there was Blackberry 8830 World Edition smartphone oh. from Sprint, rated for Sprint speed. Take advantage of this exclusive offer. Buy before September 29, 2007. Offer valid with $100 mail-in rebate to your lien, no service activation, and purchase the Blackberry data plan. Note, no matter your wealth and experience found in corporations, your island cannot be a startup country. Exclusive offer for the world's 100 richest people. Available only at Sprint.com slash You know, having fun with something that everybody else has and just putting a spin on it, you know. Okay, this one. Um, oh, you, you guys get to see Comcast. Oh, what, let's do a site. What? Okay, okay, all right. It's not, okay, let's do the cards. Adobe. Adobe is a magical. E card. E card. Ah, e card. Ah, ah. Actually, e card. Okay, everything we do with Sprint has light in it. We came up with this process where we actually, actually had an alphabet made in our office with the people in our office, and you'll see. You can type anything you want to your mom. And you can do it now. You can go on and... and um. People have seen e-cards, right? This, it, they're like crappy. They're, they're cheap postcards with like bad music. And we thought, why not make that a joyful thing and something that people actually want to do? So you can come here and type something out. No! <laughs> 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 I think what's cool is you, you put put a uh, put I love you and you'll see a little kind of cute just so the people come out literally and then um, and then little kids always put the little uh, periods in and things but it's kind of fun it's got humanity and it's playing with this magic we call sprint speed and it's just finding every little device you come up with an idea and use it well is what we try to do we don't just what are you laughing at what are you doing? Thanks. Uh, Me. The. Go. Okay. More. I didn't write them. To make rent. Oh, that's sweet. So you know, I'm, it's just engagement with the consumer is so important these days. And it's not a one-way street. It's not passive. You sit there and you just laugh or you don't. Now we're asking you to participate. That's, I think it's pretty important. Let's go on. Let's move it. Comcast. Comcast is you either, you either have cable or you don't. You either have Comcast or you don't. Um, all right. That's true. <laughs> and they sent you the bill. That's true. Um, there is, they, they, internally, they didn't even know who they were. And we said, you know, you actually bring great stuff. I mean, you bring the Sopranos to people's homes. Let's, you, you, the stuff that you really do well is Comcastic. And they went, what? And they said, but we're not Comcastic. We, we screw up. And we said, okay, well, then you say, today we weren't Comcastic. You just apologize. But, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, and so this was an internal mantra that Comcast, we came up with this concept, Comcastic. And then we have all these little campaigns, and one, was the power of how fast they were as opposed to dial-up, right? I got that right. So there's a whole character. I mean, who doesn't like characters, you know? So you've seen these characters before. It's just they have human traits is what's funny about them. Comcast high-speed internet is fast no matter where you are. But with DSL, the farther you are from the hub or central office, the slower your connection. 
Right. <laughs> so I brought our computer way out to the backyard. Is it getting slower? No, it's no slower than usual. Go left. <laughs> push it. You go push it. <laughs> push it real good. <laughs> you know, we are such suckers. We are such suckers for animals to talk. I don't know. Uh, we've done the lizards for Budweiser, you know that. We've done donkeys, yeah. All right, so here's something kind of sweet. Let's just, let's just go to the cards. Okay, Adobe, to me, I don't think we've ever done great advertising for Adobe, and so we've just tried to find other avenues that it's almost underneath the radar here. That They're amazing. That CS3 product that they brought out is truly amazing, and and my feeling is that they don't celebrate who they are as much as we feel them. There isn't anything that you people do in this room that doesn't use Adobe, and it's an amazing product. And I think it's changed the world. It's like one of the three, four things changed the world. And they've got this thing with CS3, and we wanted to show that with creative licenses, our idea, you can, all right, so we, we, I talk that way, and they go, yeah, yeah, Rich, but you're creative, but everybody else is threatened by it. It's like, Jesus Christ. So we have to show them how the uncreative creative people shouldn't be too afraid. So we do a slider. It's still a good idea. Take as much as you want. You can have this much creativity if you're like a idiot. Or you can go all the way up here like you guys, which are really great. And that's the whole point. And in this case, this is just, I'm only showing work in progress of the amazing degree of sophistication you can put to animation. This guy's working two to three months, that's all he's doing is this project. He's like having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Look at the detail of this thing. It's just like, these are just pieces of something that's gonna show you that you start with a, just, just a, a one playing card and how crazy you can get with it. To totally a web-based idea. The castle's going to be fighting with the ship when it's all put together. There won't be any white. At the end, it'll be the Joker. But it's, it's going to be amazing. But that doesn't look that amazing there. I don't know why it's <laughs> jumped around like that. Um, should we do the wall? All right, so wall, again, with Adobe, it's not about the advertising. It's about these little things, these events. This is a wall that by, by the heat of your body, you can change it by moving or the sensing of it. And so, it's, again, it's the slider. Over here, you're an idiot. Over here, you're talented. Okay. Play that. So this actually was at the Virgin Megastore in New York and then also in London. And so again, that slider that was next to that man is making that happen.
So I think, I think what's happening in this world is we're all experimenting with how can we reach people in different ways. And as much as I absolutely love a great piece of film, there's this whole new world out there that you've got to play in. So what's another thing real quick? NBA. Yeah, the NBA. NBA, uh, it's got a lot of problems because, uh, well, I, they don't think they have a lot of problems. But I don't even know if I should say that. The NBA is theater. There's, um, there's people taking drugs, people beating people up, people doing inappropriate things. And the game is amazing. And so this was to celebrate the real truth. At its best, the game is truly amazing. And this is a celebration. This is the start of a whole campaign for the NBA. Again, it's truth. I mean, there's a zillion, a zillion of them. I just wanted to show you that we can do stuff that's kind of serious. Um, ah, let's not go there. What do we got? Do you want to show this when we're done? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I think I think I want to talk. So you guys ask questions. I mean, I got a lot of stuff to show, but I, I think you get what we're about. Um, it's time for you to ask. It's your turn. <laughs> Yeah, um, the internet, <laughs> it's amazing. If we come up with an idea, someone searches to make sure that it hasn't been done before, and then you go, oh, shit, somebody did it. You, the world is out there. You can get it now. And uh, one, of the things, one of the things I was saying at, at dinner is that we are, now trying, we are trying to be a Bauhaus now, where we have a collection of artists and artisans and filmmakers and illustrators and photographers. And so everybody brings something to the party. So someone might say, you know, I've seen that. Or how about this? Um, I love the, uh, listen, I'm a very eclectic person. I love uh, the art world. And uh, I love uh, Formula One. And I love bicycles. And I go to the tour every year. And you know, I, my passion is, whatever my passion is, I throw myself at it. So that's what I know. And I hope that the people in the company all have a passion for something and they bring it. So in a lot of stuff you've shown us and where you're speaking, it seems like you get to know that your clients in many ways better than they know themselves. It's all, probably always true. So two questions. One is how do you find out their real essence and how do you convince them when they don't get it? The convincing's hard. The, the, the seeing the truth, I truly believe that we're the little boy who sees the emperor naked. We just see it. I mean, it's so clear. You walk in, <laughs> we walked in the Sprint, and it's this mausoleum. It's a giant building with nobody in it. And it's like, what? And it's like they're in Kansas City, and, and you realize that they're not, they don't have the pulse of the society, and you have to give it to them. And so you can, it's clear. It's clear. I think it's clear with everyone. It's clear with the NBA that they've got a problem. Yeah, but you know what? And, and, and they don't want to see it. And... Uh, that is something that we're good at, and you just, it just comes. I, I, you could do all the research in the world, but I think it comes from the gut. The other part is how to convince them. We couldn't convince Comcastic uh, 
um, I think Got Milk was a little questionable. Uh, uh, the E-Trade the e monkey, you know, wasting the two million. I believed in that so much that the brand managers, see there's this level in business where you have the owner or the, the person who started the whole company, the entrepreneur, you get to that person, golden. You're always there. They say right, wrong, you fi fine. They started the company, they know who they are, done. Then the company gets bigger and they get this giant middle fat part of nobody can say yes. They can only say, oh, I'm worried, oh, I'm worried. And so <laughs> the monkey spot, they go, oh, that's funny. Can't do that. Why not? So I said to the guys, I'm going to pay my own money, the company's money, to produce it to show them how good it is. But then we got to Christos, the owner of the company, went, that's fantastic. So you get the higher you go up, the better the, uh, the, better the decision. So you get to the higher ups to usually to convince them. That's shorthand. There's lots of other things you have to do. That's a hard part of the business. What else do you do to find out uh, what a company is all about? Like, for example, yeah. Saturn. I mean, to talk yeah. to current users. Yes, totally. Well, I, I'm minimizing the amount of research we do. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, just that, you know, we, we have a planning group that works really closely to inspire creative ideas, but inspire them from an understanding about the consumer. So, you know, it's funny. You, you Google, they position themselves as being about the user. We've always been about you know, the consumer, and we actually act on that. And so the research we might do depends on the company and what they're trying to do. I don't think there's one set approach to sort of how we approach learning about a consumer or a company, but getting, getting close to them and bringing that into our agency. I love to learn about the company. I don't really like a consumer to judge what the work is because I totally, I mean, the example I give, Seinfeld was the all-time best TV show in history. The truth is, and it's, it's part of folklore, they gave him four episodes, they didn't believe in it. They gave them four episodes to do because they didn't think it was going to be any good. That's how little faith they have in ideas because they don't know. And, um, and I think the first, their focus group, they didn't go well. And somehow they convinced them to do another one. Um, I think focus groups only know what they've seen. And I can't imagine a focus group, so, so they've got this movie, okay, it's, uh, it takes place in outer space and there's this hairy thing, we're going to call him a Wookiee. And they're going to be two suns in the air. And they're going to go, what? See, you can't focus group something you never saw. That's what bothers me, but what they still do. They still do. I, it's a tough one. You, you have to get the respect of the client. The client has to know that you care about them. The client has to know that you listen. The best thing you can possibly do, I did, is uh, we actually had an architect uh, come and try to work on our house. And it's so funny. He turned it around, and he went, the guy's not listening. Well, I don't want him to, uh, he's not listening. And it was so clear, that's what they must think of us. You have to listen and, and then solve the problem. And then there's this other thing, which I believe that you don't want to see. There's a compromise in everything I showed you. You just can't show the compromise. There's a little bit of rounding the corners that we weren't allowed to do to make the sharp edge. You just don't want to give up too much of that. But it is a give and take. We're not artists. I mean, I like to believe we're artistic, but if I was an artist 100%, I would just do my own art, and, that, and you would have no say in it. But if I'm going to be in the commerce world, you have to have give and take. And we believe our mantra is art, art serving capitalism. I forgot. I know I worked on it, but I know when I, 
Art serving capitalism. We want to be artistic in a business world. We are not artists and we're not business people. We're, it's a yin yang. Oh, that's a long winded thing. Actually, with, with that question, that leads me to sort of the objective having worked in consumer products marketing. And, uh, you know, when we were doing advertising, was did we get a share lift? What happened? Right. And a lot of, you know, you have great creative, but if you look at a lot of those companies, Sprint. As yep. Yep. You know, so part of that is. You mean, is it doing any good? Well, yeah, you listen to amazing emotional response, but then the company doesn't deliver. Well, in some cases that might be true, but in Sprint, the numbers, we've only had Sprint four months. So whatever happened to Sprint before, we couldn't do anything about it. Now we're battling out of it. We've taken a dead company and resurrected it, okay? Yeah. Uh, have we been. Uh, HPs. No, but we're not always right, but it's not so clear if advertising works. Okay. That's a, you know what? Try not advertising. That's what. You know, I think, I think I'm not about advertising. Uh, let me start there. I'm about building a brand. I believe the brand is about the people who work in there every day. It is the advertising, but it also is the spirit that you want to give society of your product, and that's the part that I like. You know, if, if Sprint doesn't come out with an iPhone, I can't do anything about that. I can't get them to do it fast enough, right? Uh, and you can tell them, and we work on it, and we tell them everything. We're, we don't hold back. But it takes three to five years to do something. So you do what you can do with what you have. It still is the fastest network, so you just deal with that. I, I'm not answering it except that if you want perfect numbers that you put a dollar in, you get $2 out, it doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. Yeah, no, I just, it's a interesting. It is. I mean, with the internet, as you talked about, you know, Google, yeah. you, can me you can measure the result there. And other types of advertising, it, as you said, it's more about building the brand. But Google is such a unique, different product. They're, they don't have a piece of hardware. Uh, it's a different animal. Um, no one's ever had a company like Google before, I think. But, uh, and Google doesn't know advertising. Okay, they don't need advertising. No. So I guess I'm saying the advertisers who use search and certain things on the internet, that it's so measurable. Oh. It's such a con contrast to traditional advertising. That's true, but measurable without emotion. So, all right, see, I don't buy that measure. So 50,000 people saw my, well, it's probably not 50,000, 3,000, 10,000 people saw my ad. So fucking what they saw your ad is, it was a bad ad. What I want is 1,000 people spending nine minutes on the internet playing the thing I did. That's nine minutes that they engaged with your, your brand and you didn't, they didn't shut it off. That's probably better. I think that's what we're working towards, engagement. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, emotional response because that's what you want. That's your main yeah. theme, I think. Um, and it seems in some ways you do all these handmade rough things in this very highly technical world, at least simulations of that. Can you say more about how you elicit emotional responses? Tell the truth. Find the truth in the brand. Um, humor is a great level, uh, leveler. Uh, we can't, some companies you just can't make everything funny, but we try a lot, or wryness. Uh, I think likability is we can't make you buy the product. We can make you feel good about the company that brings you that. And maybe you have some 
You know, there's very few products that when you look at it, you go, I want it. And I don't even care about the advertising. I mean, I don't actually don't think Apple's advertising is great, but it certainly is right for the product. I mean, when I say great, I don't think there's a person in my company who wants to work on Apple. How about that? And yet, everybody wants the Apple. So it's not about the advertising. Advertising is fine. It's, 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 it's exactly clean and right in its a job's aesthetic. But I could not get a creative person to come from New York to come out here and write the same ad over and over and over again. So it's interesting that um, sometimes advertising works really well. I just don't want to do it. And then sometimes we take chances and it doesn't work. But I, I don't know if I, we don't really have too many failures. You know what? If we have a failure, we just fix it. We just change it. Do something else. Nobody's perfect. The 49ers was the best, was the best football team. They couldn't do anything wrong, and now they can't do anything right. There's, everything has a cycle. So you just try to fix it. The best companies see the problem, fix it, fire the person, or not fire the person. Um, you know, it's the wrong creative team, or we're not listening. We shake it up. We put new people on it. Uh, getting, in, getting ahead of the problem is better than being uh, defensive about it. I think this comes back to your question as well. I mean, all of these newer things that we're dealing with, search, marketing, whatever, the variety of things on the web, we're able to, all the stuff you've seen, which we showed you the most entertaining stuff, we want to show you the search text ad. Those things we look at, we're learning from them. So teams are taking that and adjusting. The Saturn ad we first showed you, we went back and edited that, changed it while the campaign was running to make it, you know, better, we were learning. I sound a little defensive there, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'd like to ask you about the relationship between advertising and design. Yes. Because if yes. you sort of think about the methods that people here at Stanford um, try and employ in yes. terms of inventing new concepts, um, there's a lot about what they call need finding here, sort of trying to understand people. Um, before the focus group starts, or before the idea exists, yes. then coming up with some innovation, yes. which then leads to an insight, which leads to a new something. Totally. You're and then, you, and then if you look at advertising, it seems to be a very similar process, but except right. it's at the end of the cycle. Right. And I wonder what you think about the connections between the two. Okay, you're our savior. Please make great products. Then it's so much easier to advertise. It really is. I mean, that's, it's really a no-brainer to make a good product. Uh, <laughs> is any advertising, you know, it doesn't, I don't really want to make anything up and I don't want to hide the cookie. We kind of joke about that, you know. Um, I think it's a similar process. I believe uh, looking at how it's really used and dealing with the truth of the consumer, same thing. Um, God is in the details, same thing. Um, that it that it has to be, in a sense, easy on the eyes, I think. Um, a lot of similarities. Uh, the thing is, when a car isn't right, let's take GM. I mean, 50 years of the beige interior, I think they should change it, don't you think? Um, so um, it takes five more years to change that beige interior, make a commercial. And that's the frustrating part for us, is that we have to try to fix a problem that we can't really fix because it's the problem of the product. And it's easier, it's a lazy client and they're, to change the advertising but not change the product. That's the frustrating part that I don't know if that's any, there's no synergy there between 
the designer and, uh, and us. We're on your side. We just can't get the client to act fast enough. It's not all that bad. I mean, there's, we, we do work on a lot of things we like. In fact, in fact, we work on everything we like. If we don't like it, we don't want to do it. We just won't work on it. Or we find somebody in the company who wants to work on it. So you're talking about getting to the truth of things, and once you have that message in mind, can you give us some tips on how to master uh, a story, how to tell a story very well? What are, what are some like... But that's the genius of there's not a lot of good storytellers. Thank God there isn't. <laughs> we wouldn't have a job. Um, storytelling's hard. It can get corny. It can... Um, well, good writing it has to start with an insight, a truth, an observation, and then it has to be told in a way that doesn't feel manipulative. And, um, and if, you're, if you're manipulating them, you let them see it, so that you, you, re, you let them in on the joke. So storytelling, I mean, why is there only one Seinfeld and a lot of really bad sitcoms? It's hard. Great, uh, great writing is everything. You, know? you can go to a lot of plays, but when you see a play that is so well acted because the writing is so good, okay, The Sopranos. Insight, yes, the acting is great, but it was the storytelling that made it for, so the actors had a frame to work in. So storytelling, I, I almost don't think it can be learned. You either study it and feel it, but, you know... Um, um, that you can see the bullshit, you can see them, you can see, you're trying too hard. Okay, um, we're cool. That's not good. <laughs> you know, you, when you see things trying to, when you see design trying too hard, um, you know, it's funny, I used to really like Philippe Stark's work, and now I really don't like it. That's very interesting, I loved his work, I loved going to the Royalton, then I couldn't see anything, I'd bump into things, and then the water would splash out, and the three-legged stool would fall, fall over. So I thought it was a great kick, like a, a great joke on design, but it wasn't lasting. And so for me, um, storytelling is lasting. It's a, a good joke. There's, a, there's an arc to a joke. That's, you know, there's an arc to a play. It starts off this way, and it rises, and then it, there's, a, there's, a, there's an ending that is emotional. And that's, to me, that's, it's like forever. It was Greek tragedy, it was way back, and it's here. It's never ending. I don't think storytelling is the same today as it was around a campfire. I'm rambling. Sounds like uh, sometimes the clients when they come to you, they have sort of an idea of what they want, and you sort of tell them they're wrong. I'm wondering, that's a, yeah. that's pushing the word there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's say it starts with a strategy. They come and they say, we're a high technology company. And we go, okay, yeah, we know Sprint. That's why we're going to write Sprint ahead, because you always have to stay out there with technology. But technology is soulless. You have to put some humanity to it. And so you had one part right, the, the, you want to be a high technology company, but we've got to put some humanity, so we work with them. We, it never gets down to you're wrong, we're right. It never does. We work with them. Everything is a process of working together. We never shove anything down their throat, ever. If they don't like it, they own it. It's their money. And so uh, we're passionate. We try to prove them wrong by saying, oh, listen, you think that, we think this. Could we just 
then I'm willing to show it to some people. Because <laughs> mostly we can prove that we have the insight. But um, sometimes the client is totally right. You just didn't, you go, if they would just explain it a little better to you. Instead of just saying, I don't like it, they go, I don't like it because what you're doing is you're over-promising that. And our product can't really do that. You go, oh, okay, great. Just talk to us and we'll solve anything. And a great client is someone who just tells you honestly, well, first they say thank you. It's amazing. But nobody says thank you in advertising. And um, thank you. Uh, we don't like it for these reasons. Okay, great. We'll go back and do it again. If it says, we don't like it, you're not listening to us, we go, oh, hell with you. So it's, it's a relationship. It is a marriage. It really is. It's, and, and, and there has to be respect on both sides. But you have to earn the respect of them. Sadly, their companies, I think you said it over here, a lot of companies don't run really well. It's, it's, you go behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz, and it's just the wacko guy going like that. There's a lot of that in, the, in business. And, and um, wait till you get out there. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for, for coming and for showing us all this. And thanks, everybody, for coming. This is our last lecture of 2007, and we'll see you again in the spring. The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.